Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. I am so excited about sharing with y'all this morning. You know, the way I usually speak, I'm just sharing stuff that God's teaching me. And uh, so y'all are just going to get like hot off the press, some revelation knowledge that I'm getting, uh, I feel like I'm getting from the Lord. And uh, it's exciting. It's really exciting. And um, to me, and it's very, very practical the way... Uh, the way I, you know, for, for me, God, and Josh has said this very well. I'm going to mention it in just a minute. But Josh has said to me, and it articulated uh, my, my feelings about God. And Josh has said, and when he was just beginning to walk with God, he said, you know, God, you've got to be real. This can't be just a, a thing or to know about you. Um, there's nothing wrong with studying about God, but this is, it's got to be real. And when I say real, it's like it has to affect our lives. It can't be a theory uh, or an ideal. It's got to be, an, it's got to impact us and change us so that we're different, that we're free, that we are healed up, that where there was pain and sorrow and depression and oppression, there's joy and peace. It's like Isaiah 61, he gives beauty for ashes. It's got to be like that. Otherwise, it's just, we're just going through the motions and checking off church. And I've done that. I know what that looks like. I've been there before. I don't want that anymore. And so what I'm going to share with you this morning is one of those times when my head exploded with revelation. The Lord gave me a scripture uh, in a conversation Josh and I had, exploded it in my mind. The scripture immediately popped in my mind. I know it's the Holy Spirit giving it to me. And I understood that scripture in a way I'd never understood it before. But before we get there... I want to set it up, tee this up, okay? And let me pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I pray right now that you would release a spirit of revelation and understanding so that people will understand your goodness, understand your plan for freedom in our lives, and be impacted by it. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit, with your anointing and release your fire and your power this morning in the name of Jesus. All right. Y'all, we've talked a few times uh, about a meeting that the leadership team here at Blue Jean had in August. And it was, it was one of those, I think, watershed moments for us. We spent five hours in here. We worshiped for a solid hour. We prayed and we fasted. We came in here. We worshiped and we... We hashed out where we were, and at the point in time we were, there, we just, we'd been a volunteer organization, church, whatever you want to call it, movement, for the longest time, but we were recognizing that things weren't in order here, 
and we've got people in our family that we want to take care of well. And we were recognizing that what the model that we've been walking in and what we've been doing, we had outgrown that model, but we didn't really know what to do, and things weren't jihawing. That's the language I use. It wasn't jihawing well. And so we identified issues. We identified core values. We spent a long time in here talking, and we basically came up with two focal points. We want to take care of this family well. We want to make disciples, grow people up. We want people to experience a good living God in a real way. And, and we want people to mature. We don't want immature baby Christians. We want to grow up in the faith. So we act like grown-ups. We don't act like we're teenagers anymore. And, um, and so um, that was one thing. Uh, the other thing was we really want to be a place where we can be used to transform the community and the world, people's lives in the community. And so those were the two focal points. And we all really decided and felt like that, uh, is that better? Okay, uh, we were all really were thinking that we needed to start first with getting our house in order. Uh, we needed to bring order to the disorder, and we needed to get, get a process and things set up so that, so that we can mature and grow as a family. And so we hired Josh. And man, have we come a long way in a short time. Josh and Mary both, uh, Mary doesn't work here, but she's had a real impact on us too. But Josh has really brought, in the shortest amount of time, order out of chaos. And we are teed up, I think, for the next season. And we are focusing now, we're beginning to focus on, on our family and how we can feed our, the sheep here. You know, we've got a shepherd picture of Jesus in our window here. And I think Jesus wants us to take care of the sheep. And part of the way to do that is to look after people, make sure that they're growing, make sure people have opportunities for spiritual growth and spiritual understanding and all that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that we're uh, talking about over and over that's becoming really clear to us is we don't have that many teenagers here. We've got some really good ones back here. We don't have that many, but we believe the Lord's going to bring them in. And we, we've got some sweet children here, but we haven't had anybody really to be in charge of something like that that's passionate and anointed and called to it that could help create something really special for our community uh, through our children and youth. And so we're focusing on hiring a full-time youth slash children's ministry person that can really help make that happen. My daddy used to say when I was working with him and working for him and I would be doing things kind of halfway, he'd say, son, quit hitting a lick at a snake. Get after it. Get after it. Well, I think what we've done unintentionally, we've been doing the best we can, we've kind of hit a lick at a snake at this, but we've become really focused on it. And we're, we, are, we feel called and led to it, and we believe, Cherry Russell gave a word the other night in a leadership meeting, 
that she said, I believe it's now, we've had breakthrough, and there's going to be some things that happen soon in, with this focus. And we were like, yeah, I received that word, let's go get it. And so we are actively pursuing that position to fill it. And so that's, that's the context uh, one of, uh, that we're trying to take care of people in our fellowship. And youth, a youth director is one of that. Um, but another aspect of that is this inner healing thing we're doing with transformational ministries and rock hobs. Now, I'm going to define inner healing for y'all. That's a weird term. But really all it is is prayer ministry where you invite Jesus into those places in your life and in our lives where along the way in life we have experienced a wound or uh, done something that caused us to, uh, to not be able to be free. You know, things like uh, somebody that tells you you're stupid all your life, you grow up and you think you're stupid. Those, those are word curses that go in you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never harm me. That's the biggest lie that's ever been told. And you all know that. Everybody's been called something. Um, uh, abuse, rejection, uh, sexual abuse leads to things that are destructive in our lives. And what we, what we do all through our lives, we put that mask on and we act like, I'm fine. I'm just fine. How you doing? I'm fine. You know? And how many times has someone committed suicide and, and you had no idea what was going on with them? That you might have seen them and they said, I'm fine. And they go kill themselves. And you're like, I had no idea. I didn't know. I wish I had known. Well, part of the reason for that we're learning is we, we need to create places and spaces where we have freedom to be real so that we can get free, all right? And so this, this connection that we've got with Rock Hobbs and with this transformational ministry, inner healing thing, where we're, we're just learning how to pray to Jesus in a small group setting and invite him to come in and heal things and clear things up so that we can be free of addiction, depression, all kinds of things. It's very simple. It's not weird or anything, but it is supernatural, because it involves Jesus. And so we're learning about that. And we've, we have felt and believed, and I'm, I'm just, the more we do this, the more confident I am. We've hit the mother load here. And this isn't, this, I, want, I want you to know, this is part of raising our family and maturing our family and our children. After one of our Wednesday nights, Avery, my sister Avery and Cherry called me, and they were talking like a bell clapper. They'd been talking on the phone for 30 minutes, and they were like, we've been talking. we got to share with you what we feel like the Lord's just told us about this. And I was like, well, go ahead, tell me. And they, Cherry said, and Avery said, you know, we really believe that this, this thing we're doing with Rock Hobbs and transformational ministries and this inner healing thing, that this we've been talking about taking care of our children and taking care of our youth, that it is closely related. They are inner 
connected because she said, I remember one of the first times that I did inner healing that the person that I was praying with said, the best gift that we can give our children and help raise our children to be disciples is for us to be healthy ourselves so that we don't pass on to our children the brokenness and the sins of our, our generations and the sins of our life. That we don't raise children up to think they are rejected or that whatever, we raise up children that are healthy because we're healthy. It's all related. And I was like, that's a good word right there. I didn't see that. And Avery, Avery and Cherry were like, this is definitely related. This is the Holy Spirit. And it, we're, it, they were so excited because they were seeing that, that it's not something we're doing. It's, it's God's heart to raise this family up so that our children and our youth and the adults are healthy and, and we can change the world because we've been changed. Does that make sense? And so it is closely related. They are just like this. Okay, y'all remember those old, uh, what do you call them, uh, Lone Ranger shows back in the day? And, uh, you know, the announcer, they, you'd have the scene with Tonto and something. They were tying Tonto up or, or about to shoot Tonto or something. And, and all of a sudden, it, you'd hear the voiceover. This voice would say, meanwhile, back at the ranch. And so they'd go over to the ranch, and there was the Lone Ranger. Okay. All right, well, what I'm doing in the sermon right now is, meanwhile, back at the ranch. We're going to leave that thought for a minute, and then we're going to tie it in in a minute, okay? So, meanwhile, back at the ranch, I want to talk about something that happened with me and Josh. I want to talk about something that's personal, but it's a tool that I'm learning that I'm really excited to share with y'all. And here's how it went down. You know, Josh is one of the most authentic, vulnerable, real people I've ever been around. Uh, he really is. And when you're around people like that, that take their masks off and are just real, it draws you in where you don't feel like you've got to say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. You know, you, you can really say, God, I'm hurting. Or this is really hard. Or I'm struggling with something. And so I, I'm, I'm talking to Josh, and I've heard Josh multiple times give his testimony and talk about how much freedom he got from some of the things that he struggled with for, for years, and then he started walking with Jesus, and through that relationship with Jesus and the things that he did, he got free of all that. And so I'm like, this is awesome. And so I'm talking to Josh one day, and I said, how did you get free? And, you know, this is a place in my life where I've heard Josh say this. In his walk with the Lord, he said, you know, when I got in with God, he said at, at some point, you know, I didn't believe in God. I didn't grow up in church. Some really bad things had happened in my life. And so I wasn't, I wasn't on the Jesus train at that time. And, but when I had the experience with Jesus, I began to say, I'm not in for a fake ride. I don't want to do church and do all that. I didn't grow up in that, and I don't want that. I want the real thing. 
I got to have the real, not the fake. And if, if, this is, if this is for real, you got to be real. You got to be for real, for real. And so when he said that, I thought, that's so awesome. That just sums up how I feel. And the way I've described that is I'm a very practical person when it comes to God. It's like if he's real and he's alive, and I believe he is, then I don't want to just talk about him. I don't want to just learn about him. I want to experience him. If this is for real, for real, I don't want to go, I don't want to do religion and know a lot about him. I want to encounter the living God. And I know you guys do too. You wouldn't be sitting here this morning if you didn't. I think that's the heart of everybody. But sometimes we don't know how to get there. And so I said to Josh, how did you do this? And I'm like, so practical. It's like, no, 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 like for real, how did you do it? Like, don't, don't talk to me about theory. Tell me how you did it. And, and I want to say this, that everybody in here struggles with something. Okay? We're going to take our masks off. Every single person that walked in here this morning struggles with something or multiple things. And you could you put by the it, put the name of it in your mind of what you're struggling with or what you habitually struggle with. And so it's not like there's one person that struggles with something. We all do. And you know what that leads to? It leads to bondage. It leads to masks where we fake it. We put on a mask and we're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, praise Jesus. I'm fine in church. And then you go out and then you're struggling with something. And you're like, you're so full of shame, you can't, you can't tell anybody. But you do anyway. And you don't want to do it. If you read in uh, Romans chapter 7, Paul writes about that. He's writing about the struggle. And in this uh, transformational ministries thing, Rock Hobbs talks about the sin repentance cycle. It's like a cycle. And it can look like anything. It could look like fear. It could look like depression, anxiety, and being embarrassed about having so much anxiety. It could be addiction. It could be um, self-rejection. It could be pornography. It could be anything. Fear. Low self-esteem. Whatever. It could be whatever the it is. And you know what? There's, the good news is for us is it's cool because we've all got them. There's not a single person in here that can judge anybody else. Thank goodness. But we've got them, and so for those places in our life where we're, we find ourselves in bondage, don't you want to know how to be free? I mean, I do. 
And Jesus said in Isaiah 61, verse 1, he said, I came to set the captives free. That's the verse when Jesus, in in chapter 4 of Luke, if you start reading in verse 14, Jesus goes to his hometown for the first time. He goes to church, and they're going to give him the scroll. They give him the scroll of Isaiah. He finds Isaiah 61, and he reads it, and he reads it and says, I came to set captives free. I came to heal broken hearts. And, and to give sight to the blind. And he rolls up the scroll and, and puts it down. And he says, this scripture is about me. And so, guess what? Jesus is alive. He lives in us. He's with us through his spirit. And if he shows up, if he's here, guess what he's going to be wanting for his people? Freedom. Freedom from bondage, from addiction, from sin. From condemnation, that's what he wants. And if we, if we walk around with a mask on all the time and we, we're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I can come to ch- church, I can put lipstick on a pig and say it's not a pig when it is a pig. And so when we take our masks off and we all realize, hey, we're all in the same boat, it's okay. It's really okay to not be okay. Because Jesus is the one that makes it okay. Right? Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. So I asked Josh, I said, how'd you do it? And he said, well, in those times, in those moments, when whatever the it was began to pop in my mind, he said, I would say, now, Jesus, if you're for real, you got to think this thought with me. Or if he was going to go do something, he'd say, you got to go do it with me. So I'm going to do it. You got to do it with me. I'm going to think it. You got to think it with me. And I, and I was like, oh my gosh. All my life I've done just the opposite. I've been like, I don't want to be around Jesus now. Because I'm ashamed of that. Or I'm, I ought to be stronger than that. Or I got to handle this. Or I don't want anybody to know about that. And so we're like Adam and Eve in the garden. We go hide out of shame. And what Josh said was just the opposite. Instead of going and hiding in the garden from God, it's like, come on in. I'm naked as a jaybird, but you come on in, right? The minute the thought comes or the minute the desire comes, come on in, Jesus. If I'm going to do this, you're going to do it with me. And I was like, my head exploded. It was like Josh was just talking. Josh was just being Josh. He's like, and then, and then so and so and so and so, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, wait a minute. Stop a minute. The Holy Spirit is exploding this in my mind. And you know the scripture that came to me in that moment? It was, it's like the Holy Spirit spoke the word to me to confirm to me what Josh was saying was in the word. 
2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and a half through, the, through 12. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake I delight in my weaknesses in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulty because when I'm strong, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I've read that. I can understand. I can understand that. But you know, when the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of revelation, gives revelation knowledge of the word, it's different. It's not like reading something and understanding it in our mind. It's that head to the heart understanding. It exploded in me, and it's exactly what Josh had just said. In his weakness, Jesus was strong. Instead of hiding in shame, instead of running from it, and playing like God didn't see or we didn't want him to see, and then putting the mask on and saying, hey, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. When you're dying inside or you're in bondage, you're miserable and you're just full of condemnation and shame. Instead of that, in our weakness, we invite Jesus' grace in. We invite him in and he defeats it. And it's like, for real, for real, it's not like talking about the power in the name of Jesus or the power in the blood of Jesus. It's like, Jesus, if I'm going to think this or if I'm going to do this or if I'm running in my mind through this, whether it's revenge or whatever, if you say, okay, okay, in this moment, if I'm going to think about this, if I'm going down that road, you got to go with me. You got come on. Now, I mean it. If I'm going to think about it, you got to come with me. I started doing that. I was on the way back from Birmingham. I was turning off the road from uh, Montevallo, coming down the road to Selma, 139. Thoughts popped in my mind that I shouldn't have been thinking about. And so the minute it popped in my mind, I was like, all right, Jesus, if you're for real, for real, you got to think these thoughts with me. If I'm going down this road, you got to come think these thoughts with me. Come on. Like, come on. We're going to think them together. I mean, for real, for real. You live in me. That's the, that's the mystery that's been revealed to us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's here. He's with us. And so I did, and the thoughts within seconds left me. And I was like, Lord, you, you're revealing a simple tool to me that can bring freedom from condemnation and bondage in my life. And it's straight out of the word and it's straight out of experience 
of Jesus. The word confirmed what Josh was telling me. All right, well, well now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, transformational ministries, the next week or two that we're here on Wednesday night doing the teaching with Rock Hobbs, we're supposed to read a book called The Cure. And in that book, one of the things it talks about is, is the, the room, there are two rooms that Christians live in. One is the room of good intention. The other is the room of grace. And the room of good intention is where most of us live most of the time. It's the room with the mask. It's the room with I'm fine. When you live in that room, you're fine. And you're, you're fake. You want to hide those things. But when you enter the room of grace, you have a place to be real. You put your mask down. And you realize everybody's struggling with it. There's not, it's not just about me. It's about all of us. Because we live in a fallen world. And there's no shame in that. It just is for real. And what the amazing thing is, Jesus came to set us free. And the way that he's done it, the picture that this book talked about was us entering the room of grace. In that room of grace, we have the safety and the freedom to be real and admit our mistakes, admit the sin, admit the weakness, to be real, to take those masks down and say, I struggle with this. I can't get free of that. You know, this, is, this has been bothering me since I was 10 And in that, in that safe place, in that room of grace, what did we just read? In my Bible, it's in 2 Corinthians, where we just read what Paul said, what Paul wrote and was talking about. This, this, this is in red letter. This is, this is from Jesus to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's the room of grace. And His grace is sufficient. It's like the Holy Spirit is connecting the dots for us that we've tapped into the mother load. That this transformational ministries isn't something that we just decided to do so we could be all spiritual and have a cool church. This is, this is his method for getting us set free and healed up so that we can raise our children well. And they can see the real God, not a fake God, because of our brokenness. And a youth minister will do the same thing. That's why we want somebody that's healed up, somebody that's healthy when they come in here. We don't want to pass on bad theology and, and brokenness onto our children. We want people that are healthy and healed up and free to help our children learn how to be free in the room of grace, God's grace. I was just blown away by it. And, you know, it's, it's working in my life. 
I mean, I'm experiencing freedom in ways that I never have before, ever. It's that simple. And in that moment, it's like, you know, when you have an encounter, like a real, for real, for real encounter with God or the Holy Spirit, it's like it explodes on you. And then understanding comes in layers over the next weeks and months. Well, that's happening to me. I'm getting more and more revelation of the explosion that happened in my mind supernaturally that day and, and understanding of the Scripture. And I'm understanding that what we normally do, what Satan wants us to do, what we've been trained to do by a world that wears masks and says they're fine is hide. You suck. You're condemned. You should be ashamed of yourself. You gross God out. Because he's holy. You know how Satan twists things? He'll use a half-truth. God is holy. But the last thing God is, is grossed out by our sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross for it. He's drawn to it. For years I've heard holy bro, Christ the King, uh, Craig Stull say, I remember years ago he said, God's not grossed out by your sin. He's not repulsed by your sin. He's drawn to it. And I was like, that's a good word right there. But this, I'm saying that this, this is the scripture that, that it's based on. As I was thinking about this message this morning, I thought about Zacchaeus. That's Luke chapter uh, 19 verse 1. You know, Zacchaeus was the worst dude in town. He was the chief tax collector. He'd ripped off all of his friends. He was the biggest sinner in the whole town. And of all the people in Jericho, Jesus picks him out and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, I want to go eat lunch early, have supper with you. I want to go hang out with you. And all the religious people that were wearing masks and were faking it and they were fine were like, he was really, Jesus was really private. He wouldn't have been going and hanging out with that sinner. Well, in just minutes and moments with Jesus, Zacchaeus changed radically. He went from being the biggest thief and scoundrel in the town to standing up and saying, look, Jesus, he said, I'm going to pay back everybody that I've cheated four times over and I'm going to give half of my wealth to the poor. And this is a guy that had a, his, one of his flavors of flesh was greed and wealth. By just being in Jesus' presence, he got set free of that bondage. That's a story that tells me Jesus is not grossed out by the sin. He actually wants to come into it. That's a practical story that shows what we just read. Are you all tracking with me? I don't know if this is revelation knowledge to y'all. Y'all may have already known this, and you're like, I'm ready to go get some lunch. This, I, this is old hat. I've been there, done that. But y'all, this is, this is powerful, and it's practical. It's where we live. It's in those moments that we've always hidden, that we're ashamed of. This is a tool that the Holy Spirit himself has given us for freedom. And it's all in this, this series, this class we're taking for inner healing. It's all in it. 
You know, when you read uh, Romans, if you read chapter 7, we don't have time this morning to read it all, but in that chapter 7, Paul says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, well, I do what I don't want to do, and, you know, I don't want to do it. My spirit wants to do right, but my flesh doesn't. And so I'll go do stuff I shouldn't do. The whole time I'm wanting to do the right thing, he says, ah, what a wretch am I? What, what am I going to do? And then, then he says, thank God for Jesus. He's the one that's going to save me. And then in chapter 8, which is right after that, you know, when the Bible was written, when it was originally written, there weren't chapters. It was continuous thoughts. And sometimes when we read the Scripture, we kind of think, well, this is chapter 1, chapter 2, so this is a different thing. It's kind of like a chapter in a, in a novel or something that one, one thought doesn't follow. But the Bible can't be read like that. And so chapter 7, when it ends, it starts with chapter 8. And the very first sentence in chapter 8 says... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's what it says. So guess what? If you're guilty, if you're ashamed, if you feel condemnation, if you can't break that, that sin repentance cycle and you're sick and tired of it, you're like, when can I ever be free of this? You can you just invite Jesus into the moment. It's a tool. It's a powerful tool. And guess who wields the weapon? It ain't me. Because in my weakness, he's strong. And so if I'm going down that road, Jesus, you got to come with me. It's not like I'm going to go hide and not deal with Jesus right now. And I'm going to play like Jesus is over here. And I'm going to go do whatever I want to do in my mind, or in action. I'm going to say, you've got to come with me in the middle of it. Now watch and see. You know, Jesus is light. In him there's no darkness. And so guess what happens when we invite Jesus into that moment? Darkness flees. Temptation flees. It can't stay around. And he brings healing. His grace is sufficient. His power is strong enough, and it breaks the cycle, and we're in the room of grace. We're not in the room of good intentions with mass on. Now, this is powerful. And, and I wanted to say this, that once, you know, as I begin to think about this and meditate and get revelation and just thanking God, just saying, Lord, thank you. You're so faithful. You're showing us things that are so practical. It's not theory. It's not up in the air. It's not, it's not theology. It's where we live. It's for real, for real stuff. Thank you for showing it to me. It's like when, I, when, I, there's, when we're out at the cabin or something, I go out and I see the moon. The first thing I do is I, I want that girl right there to come out and see it with me. I run out and I'm like, you got to come see the sky. I want to share it. I want to share it with somebody I love. Y'all, I love y'all. I really love the family here. You guys are awesome. And y'all, when I'm seeing this and I'm understanding this, I'm like, oh my God, I, I want to share it with my friends and my family at Blue Jean. I want y'all to see it too. I want y'all to be able to latch on to this. I want you to be free. 
This is what we do when we love people. We share. I'm not perfect. I struggle. I'm weak. But Jesus is strong. And his grace is sufficient. This is good news. So what does this mean? Well, I think for each of us, the Lord's teeing up a powerful tool for us to walk with that applies to any struggle that you have. It's a reframing of our weaknesses. Instead of shame and hiding, it's like, come on in, Jesus. Guess what I'm wanting to do right now? And you know, he's like, yeah, you're getting it. I'm going to come in and I'm going to open up a can of whooping. He's finally getting it. He can't fight this anyway. He had never been able to. But I can. But I can. That was good. The Pink Panther. <laughs> Very appropriate. Loved that. That was, that was anointed. <laughs> We're tapping into the river of life, y'all. This teaching is a vehicle to help all of us walk in greater freedom and maturity. That was one of our core values when we met back in August. We want a church that's not immature. And you know, you know the signs of immaturity. You've seen... You know, we went to Miles' birthday yesterday's too. Well, you know, everything's going Miles' way. It's all hunky-dory. But if Miles can't get a toy that he wants or whatever, he's going to pitch a fit. He's going to get offended. He's just two. Well, adults act like that too. Immaturity shows itself in, in offenses, in being mean-spirited, holding grudges. Cold love. Mature, this book that we're reading, The Cure, it says the, the number one sign of maturity in a Christian is love. And Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 tells us what love looks like. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't hold a record of wrongs. It's not proud. It's all that. It's also teeing us up. If we get freed up, guess what? Guess what will happen now that I know this revelation because I'm getting healed up and I'm seeing it? Guess who I'm going to pass that on to? My children and my grandchildren. You know, Brack, you told me, you gave me a word a couple of months ago, and I've been doing it. You told me that the Lord told you that I needed to start praying for my grandkids, and I have. But I'm so excited that the Lord's revealed something to me that I can share with people that I love that are in my family so they can grow up and they don't have the struggle I've had because I'm free that I've learned this. Do you see the connection? If we want to raise children to know the ways of the Lord, well, this is a way of the Lord. 
But if we don't know it, we're going to tell children, grow up and be the best you can and don't sin and don't do that. And do the best you can and when you die, you'll go to heaven if you get saved. That's not abundant life. That's not what Jesus died for. And so for us to know this, for us to invest in the process to be free and healed up blesses our children and the children's children. It's all connected. I want to say this, that we've got, I think, 31 with Zoom and all that, 30, 31, doing these classes. We have about 20, 22 or 3, 21, something like that on, Monday, on Wednesday nights here. But we've also got a, a group that are doing it. Uh, Jimbo, y'all are doing it at Zoom, aren't you? Yeah, there's some people Zooming this. There will be, this won't be a one and done. Some will go on and do more. But there'll be another wave of first classes coming in. And so if I've said some things today that are resonating with you and you're thinking, I want to tap into this, there'll be an opportunity. It's a 12-week course, and I think we're four weeks in or five weeks in, something like that. Four, four weeks. And so there'll be opportunities. And uh, I would encourage you at that time, you know, to step in. You know, it, it, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. There is something implied in that that t- is, requires a step on our part. It's a will, you know, Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, we, we admitted, because I said when we went to our small group, I said, we ain't walking around in a, in a room of good intentions. This is a room of grace. And so we're going to throw it out there tonight. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell you all some stuff tonight. And somebody else said too, they said, well, one of the things I want to be vulnerable about is I didn't want to come tonight. I'm tired. And I said, way to go. I said, I didn't either. I didn't want to come either. I was tired. But you know what? I said, this is more important than me being a slug and sitting around watching something stupid on TV. I'm going to knock on that door. I'm going to ask. I'm going to seek. And guess what Jesus says? You do it, you'll find. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. It's happening to me, and, and he's not a respecter of persons. He'll do it for anybody that knocks and that seeks and that asks. You'll have an opportunity. It'll be there. Good things happening. Good things happening. I know we still haven't gotten the whole group back yet, but it's coming, and there's good things coming. I feel it in my bones. And for you, I ask the Lord, Lord, bring the people that you want to hear this message. And y'all are here. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.